Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you I'm talking today about biblical foundation for successful marriage. We want to go right from the beginning. Genesis 2, 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make for him a helper comparable to him. Let's read also verse 22. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Amen. Now, the first time marriage was ever mentioned was in Genesis 2.18. The first person to ever mention the subject of marriage was God. The first person to ever mention marriage was God. Not man, not the devil. So, the first thing you see from this scripture is that marriage is an institution that was established and ordained by God. God is the person who established this institution we call marriage. Marriage was not a man's idea. Adam, he probably didn't even know that anything like marriage will exist. All he did was he was busy doing what God had entrusted into his hands. But the Bible said God looked at man and God said it is not good. Now why did he say it? He said it so that his thoughts will be expressed so that people will know his intentions. That means that before he said it, he first thought about it. Looking at man every time doing the work he had entrusted into his hands, he thought about this, that it would be better for man to have a companion than for him to be alone. And he said it is not good that man should be alone. The second point I want to mention is that when God talked about marriage, his intention for marriage was to make man happier. God's purpose for instituting the subject of marriage was so that mankind will be happier than being single. That means that God is more interested in you getting married than you remaining single. God never intended marriage to be a frustration. God never intended marriage to be a lot of problems and trouble. God never intended marriage to be a relationship in which everybody will keep asking God questions. One day, Adam said to God, we'll read that later, but Adam said to God, the woman you gave me is the beginning of all the troubles in my life. And um, that was after man fell into sin. It was when mankind, I think we need to read it. Let's go to the book of Genesis 3. Verse 9, Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. Then the Lord God called Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you, you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave me to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. So after man fell into sin, complaints started. 
complaints about marriage started. Frustrations in marriage started after the fall, not before the fall. That means that before the fall of man into sin, marriage was as good as God intended it. Marriage was as fulfilling as God intended it. What caused marriages to begin to have troubles and problems and crises is because man fell into sin. The fall into sin brought about a lot of trouble. The fall of man into sin distorted God's original picture. What God originally designed marriage to be, the fall of man into sin distorted it. That means that if not for the fall, marriage would have been perfect, beautiful, it would have been wonderful, it would have been such a pleasure. Because that is how God originally ordained it to be. Now, one thing that we need to see here is that because God is the one who ordained marriage, is the best person to give us guidelines about how to make marriage fulfilling. He's the best person to show us how to make our marriages successful. He's the best person to do that. But after the fall of man... Mankind began to go about marriage the way they like. Because understand that the fall of man brought man into rebellion against God. So the order in which God established everything, mankind now under the control of the devil came into rebellion against God. So marriages in our world today are not 100% being controlled by the principles of God. Marriages in our world today are being run anyhow anybody likes. And that has caused an increase in the many challenges and the many troubles that God never intended marriages to ever be in. Now, another thing that we see right from that scripture is that the first attack of the devil... The first attack of the devil ever against humanity was an attack against a married couple. Now, this man and their wife were married. The first time Satan was ever mentioned going against any people on earth was against a married couple. One, to fight against the place where God has put them, to fight them out of the blessing of God, and to also create displeasure in their relationship. Because if you listen to the way Adam spoke... You can see resentment, no longer love. Adam said, the woman you gave me, you know, there was no expression of love about the woman. The first time Adam spoke about his wife, it was a wonderful statement. He said, wow, this is somebody who is like me. And he was speaking that out of discernment, out of perception, because God never told Adam, this is your wife. No, it's nowhere in the Bible. God formed the woman, and Bible said he presented her to man. Now, it was the man who must decide what to do with her. It was the man who's out of discernment and out of perception. He perceived it in the spirit. Are you understanding me? Because before the fall, Adam was a very spiritual person. The Bible said every animal he named, the name he gave the animal was exactly what God would have named it. 
In other words, Adam was so sharp spiritually that he could buy into the mind of God. He could discern. So Adam said, this is a lion. And God said, how did you know this was a lion? That was exactly how I was going to call it. Adam said, this is a goat. And God said, wow. You know, before God created Adam, God said, let us make a man in my image. So Adam had a perfect image of God. He thought like God. He reasoned like God. He did everything like God. So he was, he was able to know that this is somebody that was made out of the same material I am made of. That tells us that the devil fights marriages a lot. It is because the devil is very smart. You see, the whole world fell into sin because one couple sinned. So the devil knows that if you want to destroy the world, it's very easy if you can destroy families. Hallelujah. If you can destroy all the marriages in the world, you can destroy the world. Are you understanding me? So the issue about marriage is so crucial that if you play about it, you will play into the hands of the devil. If you play about it, you will play into his hands. He loves to fight marriages like no other thing else. So when we are dealing with the subject of marriage as Christians, we need to know we are dealing with a very, very, very important subject. Because your whole life depends on how well your marriage is. Good. Now, one thing that makes the devil have upper hand in his battle against marriages is when people decide not to build their marriage on the principles of God. They want to run their marriage the way they like. Marriage was not ordained by you or by your father or by your uncle or by your boss. If you want to use your boss's advice to run your marriage, you will have trouble. Marriage was ordained by God. If you want marriage to work for you, you must run your marriage on the principles of God. And that is not sometimes very convenient for us. We love to do it the way we like. And the result is that the challenges are inevitable. I like it when Jesus said in Matthew 7 verse 24. He said, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and will do them, I will compare him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. In fact, he was, that subject was not talking about marriage, but we can borrow a lot of things from there. That if your marriage is being built on the principles of God, you are wise. Because you will be compared to a builder who is building on a good foundation. Jesus said the reason is because storms will come. And people, there are storms in marriage. There are storms. There are crises. There are battles. When you see somebody going through crisis in marriage, that's not a time to laugh. The issues come up. Jesus said the storms will come. The winds will blow. The flood will come. But a house that is built on the rock, which is the word of God, will stand. Hello? It will all stand. So I want to say that God wants you and I to build our marriage on the principles of the word of God. Now, the challenge is that many of us are born again. We have already learned a lot about marriage from our parents, from society, from the world, before we came into Christ. Sometimes we hear how we need to go about marriage the Christian way. We said, it's too much. And they are worrying me, putting a lot of trouble on me. You tell people to come for counseling. Oh, they make a lot of complaints. 
But I want to tell you, the way the world goes about marriage is different from how God goes about it. And so this man, we want to really try to study it God's way. And one of the things that can help you is that no matter your age, no matter how long you've been married, if you see something in the word of God that is different from what you knew before, take what the word of God said, drop what you knew before. Drop it. Because it will not help you. Amen. Drop it. Take what God's word has said and apply it to your life. And it's never too late to make a change in your life. You can always make changes. The more changes you make in your life, the more progress you make, the more your life improves. And your marriage, it doesn't matter how good you think it is, it can improve. It doesn't matter how, how good your marriage is, it can always improve. It doesn't matter how bad your marriage is, it can get better. And this man, I'm going to be praying with you. God will turn every situation around in your marriage. God is able to do that if you can believe God and you can make quality decisions to apply his word in your life, including your marriage. Now, what did God say? I want us to examine what God said quickly. What did God say? And the Lord God said what? It is not good for the man, for that matter, the woman, to be alone. At that time, there was only a man. Praise the Lord. It is not good for what? So there are two words I want us to look at there. Somebody say two words. I want you to write the two down. The first one is the man. And the second word is the helper suitable. So it means that marriage is the union between the man and the woman. Now, that means that for marriage to work, there has to be two people. The first person is who? The man. The second person is who? The first person is who? And the second person? At least, according to Genesis 2.18, God mentioned the man and the helper suitable. You follow me? Now, it means that where there is no man in the home, marriage will have a crisis. God's intention is for every male to grow up to become a man. Let me say that being a man is not age. You can be very old and still be a boy because your behavior is boyish. And if you are a woman and you marry an old boy, trouble for you. Hello? There are old people who are boys because there's no maturity. Now, what makes somebody a man? Let's go to Genesis 2.24. The answer is there. Therefore, now anytime you hear this word therefore in scripture, it's drawing a conclusion on preceding arguments. Are you with me? Good. So, he was making a conclusion based on the things that we've read from verse 18 down. He said, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Now, to be a man, you have to be matured. Matured in the mind. What does it mean to be matured in the mind? Maturity in the mind means that you can make wise decisions. Because all about life is decisions. Poor decisions make failures. Wise decisions make success. And when you become the head of the home, I tell you, you are going to have to make decisions. With your wife, your children, your grandchildren, generations you know that Adam made one wrong mistake and all of us are still suffering today? Many of us, our fathers should have made just one right decision. If not your father, your grandfather should have made one right decision. Some of us, one wrong decision, one wrong place our father went. And when we refuse to be men, we behave foolish. Forgive me, but I have to tell you the truth. 
Praise the Lord. What turns a boy into a man is maturity of the mind. Ability to make wise choices. Ability to make intelligent decisions. Ability to sit down and think. So I like to say to every man here in this church, don't just be checking your age. Not married. 38, 41. No. Praise the Lord. How much are you growing up here? Very important. Very, very, very important. Because when you refuse to grow up here, you trouble a lot of women. And you trouble a lot of children. And you trouble your generations after you. You trouble a whole generation. Maturity of the mind. Maturity spiritually. Real men are spiritually matured. They are not baby Christians. Good. You must be matured mentally and you must be matured spiritually. That means you must be able to handle spiritual issues intelligently and wisely. If you are not matured spiritually, trouble can hit you and you will run to a shrine. Oh yeah, I've seen it. There are men who are Christians. Some are holding positions in church, but they still have a malam. Praise the Lord. Oh yeah. People who are not spiritually mature, they run away from battles. When the devil strike, they run. Because the day you decide that you are getting married and you stand on the altar and say, I do, you have your own battles to fight plus the woman you are marrying. Hmm. I can tell you there are some homes when you want to marry there, you better be stronger. Spiritually mature and also independent. The Bible said the man will what? Leave his father. That means that at the time you are getting married, you should be independent. You should be somebody who the slightest thing, you won't say, I'm going to see mama to tell me what to do. The smallest trouble, I'm going to see my father to tell me what to do. That is immaturity. You must be independent. That means that you must be earning your own income. Somebody is still not taking care of you and you want to get married. Your mother still cooks and says, Kofi, food is ready. Come and take your own. And then you are also telling a woman, I want to marry you. Praise the Lord. How safe is that woman? Real men are the ones at a certain age, they said, now I want to be on my own. Doesn't matter how rich your father is. I want to be on my own. I don't believe that you must marry and take your wife to a family house because you are just telling the devil, I am ready. Come and do everything. You will have troubles no matter how much you pray. So we are talking about being a man. And if you are a woman and you want to marry, marry a man for God's sake. Because even when you marry men, attacks will come. How much more if you marry a boy? You know, I've seen people who want to get married to solve their poverty problem. Looking for a woman who is rich. Oh, it has its own challenges. I will not talk about it now. So there has to be a man. Somebody say a man. Amen. Amen. Then the Bible also said, God said he will make for the man a helper suitable. I am of the view, uh, this is not doctrinal, this is personal reflection. I am of the view that if Adam had said, I don't like this one, God would have made another. Yeah, that's my personal opinion. Because God never said, Adam, I am the Lord God who created you. This is your wife. Marry her. God never said that. God brought the woman just as he brought all the animals. It was Adam who chose. That's why I don't believe that marriage is by visions. Oh, pastor. God spoke to me that that's my wife. Mm. If you're a woman and a man begin to talk like that, run. I said you should do what? Run. run oh. God said this is my wife. Uh-uh. No. You marry somebody you are attracted to. You marry somebody you like. Look at what Adam said. Adam exclaimed out of 
excitement. So this thing about God said, God said, God said, and the same person said, God said, two weeks later, he's still wondering, is it God or maybe I made a mistake? No. So if you're a woman and somebody says, God said, I should marry you, you ask him, do you really like me from head to toe, the way I look? Are you sure you love me? How can God tell you to marry somebody you don't love? Pastors are telling you, prophesying to you about, no, I don't believe that. You choose, but by the time you are a man, you will know how to choose right. Now, the Bible said, for this purpose, let's go to verse 24. The man will leave his father and mother, and what will happen? He will be joined to his wife. Now, my big question that I want us to look at is, who is a wife? W-I-F-E. Who is a wife? Now, I was thinking the Bible was going to say, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to a woman. And the two shall become one flesh. But the Bible didn't use woman. He used wife. Now, I want us to find out why didn't God use woman and he used wife? Because that was the first time the word wife is coming in. So every woman, you need to look at it closely. My studies showed me in the scriptures that a wife is the same as the helper suitable. So God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make for him a woman. Is that what God said? Okay. So you see that God all the time was trying to make sure that the word woman was not just used anywhere, anyhow. I'll come to explain it. I'll come to explain it. Okay. Just as not every old man is a man, not every woman is a wife. So there are two people who must get married and have a good marriage. There must be a man and there must be what? A wife. Who is a wife? A wife is a helper suitable. That means that before a ring ever comes here, there must be a woman who is a helper. Somebody who comes into the life of the man and makes his life better. Now, I have scriptures to prove to you that Bible never said every woman is a wife. Let me show you just three quickly. The purpose of women ministry, in my estimation, is to help every woman become a wife. That is one of the purpose, not all the purpose. Now, go to Proverbs chapter 5. Are you there? Verse 1. My son, who do you think is talking there? Who wrote the book of Proverbs? Solomon. Who do you think was talking there? David was talking to his son. You see, the book of Proverbs are notes. Like just as some of you are writing my teachings, the book of Proverbs are notes that David taught Solomon when he was young, and he wrote the notes from the teaching sessions. Now, so this is what David taught his son. Listen to it. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. In other words, be a man. Wisdom is maturity of mind. Is that not it? He said, learn your ear to understanding. He's talking about the same thing. That you may preserve discretion and your lips may keep knowledge. Verse 3. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is bitter as wormwood. Sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet will lead you to hell. Her steps will take hold on death. Lest you ponder her path of life, her ways are unstable, you do not know them. Therefore, hear me now, my children, and do not depart from the words of my mouth. Remove your way far from her, and do not go near the door of her house. In other words, there are some women... Don't even try going close to her house. 
let alone saying, I will marry you. Because her steps will lead you to death. Hey, I mean, women, forgive me for talking like this, but it's true. Now, which kind of woman was he talking about? He said, an immoral woman. That means that that woman is not a wife material. She can't be a wife. She's a woman, all right, but she can't be a wife. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 7. Verse 1, my son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. He's talking about spiritual maturity. Hello? Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. Call understanding, your kinsman. In other words, mental maturity. Hallelujah. That they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. So, David was telling Solomon... Unfortunately, Solomon never obeyed all that. Hello? Solomon's downfall. You know, it was because of women. She married unbelievers, strange women. Women from Ammon and Moab. Idol-worshipping nations. You know what they did to Solomon? They caused Solomon to backslide because women are powerful. Most nations are ruled by women. Even though the man is the head of state. What are you talking about? Time will not permit me to explain what it means to be immoral. But it simply means a woman who is ready to sleep with any man, not a husband, so you are a young man, be careful. In fact, don't have a affair before you marry. That marriage will have problems. This is not a good news for people who are in courtship. I pity young men who are just excited. Charlie, my new catch be partner. It's a girl who is fair. After one sexual affair, you know the kind of guilt you can go through? Oh, mother, let her not get pregnant. Let her not get pregnant. Oh, maybe I've got HIV. Hey, let, you know. And those of you who are married... Don't you think that those little, little girls in your office or in your places, you think that they are giving you sex free? It's not free, oh. Some of them, listen to me. I know by my experience as a pastor, if you are married, there are some ladies when you sleep with them once, just once, your marriage is over. I, I know women, they never chase single men. So what do you think she's doing? Every of her boyfriends are all married people from the day she was born till now. So you can see that this woman is anointed, possessed to destroy married men. I'm not joking, please. If you're a man here, I love you enough to tell you this. These are some of the things God taught me early when I was young. Now, let's close with this. Proverbs 21. Now, I didn't mean to say that all of you women are bad people, but I need to tell the truth. I need to tell the truth. Look at me. Sex is for married people. Good. If you are not married, don't even do it. But I know that if you are faithful and you remain holy, God will bless your marriage. I mean, why won't you want to be proud that the day you take your wife on the wedding day home, you are proud that you never slept together. She will respect you forever and she will never be suspicious of you. Oh, yes. Yes. I always tell my wife, I say, if I was that bad, I could have done it with you when we were cutting. That reminder alone is enough. I don't travel worrying about where my wife is. No. Set spies on your wife. I mean, you can, you can exempt yourself from all that. Proverbs 21, verse 9. Proverbs 21, verse 9. Are you there? It says, it's better to stay on the corner of the housetop than to share, than to share a house with a contentious woman. Okay. Let's read verse um, 19. Proverbs 21, verse 19. It is better to stay in the wilderness than with a contentious and angry woman. Okay. Now, these are dangerous places to be, isn't it? The corner of the house. Top. That is the most slippery place. All that I'm trying to say is that the Bible makes me understand not every woman is a wife. So, marriage is between the man. Somebody say the man. 
And about, so if you are a woman, you should be asking yourself, this man I'm marrying, is he a real man or is an old boy? And if you are a man, you are marrying, find out, is he a woman or a wife? Because the ring doesn't make a woman a wife. I can tell you. I can tell you that. The ring is not what changes you. Let me give you one more scripture to back my argument. Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18, 22. The man who finds a woman. Okay. You see how the Bible chose that word carefully? Read it. Okay. If you remove the word wife there, put woman there. That equation is not the same. It's not every woman you marry and find treasure, I tell you. A man who finds who? So stop sitting down and say, God should show you your wife. Go find it. Amen. Amen. The man must find his wife. But in the finding process, he must know what is the definition of a wife. What is the definition of a wife? What makes the difference between a woman and a wife? Why is the Bible say certain women, a man must not take the risk. Go near them. Because it is only when the man finds the wife that he will find a good thing, a treasure, and he will receive favor from who? The Lord. That means certain marriages can bring you disfavor. I can tell you. Disfavor. Solomon had disfavor. Marry Moabite people. He backslided completely. The wisest man that ever lived in his days. Women turned him into a fool. He was the first to build a temple in Israel. He was also the only king that built shrines. Not one, not two. Plenty of shrines. Because women turned him so. He that finds a wife. Go with me to Proverbs 31. Let's read the last scripture. Marriage is the union between a man and his wife. You are a man in this church. God wants you to become a man he'll be proud of. God said about Abraham. He said, can I hide anything from my servant Abraham? Seeing that he will become a great man. And his descendants will also be great. And he will order his children to obey my commandments. God made a covenant with Abraham because he had confidence in him. He trusted him. And if you are a man in this church, God wants you to come to that place. Stop boasting about your age. Well, nobody is really concerned about your age. That you are old doesn't mean people should seek your advice. People will seek your advice based on the results you have to show. I said what? The results. So it's not age. Maturity. Ability to grow spiritually. Ability to grow mentally. Because God is going to put a lot of responsibility in your hands. And if you are a woman here, don't just be praying about how to get married. And then when you are married, don't just be satisfied that you are married and that is the end. God has a biblical definition about you. Your life must have that virtue and that quality that makes a man get up and say, thank God I married you. If God would turn the clock of life backwards, I would still marry you. I can tell you that wouldn't happen for many women. If the clock should turn backwards, I tell you. If you decide to turn your life from a woman to a wife, not every man can hang around you. Because there are some men too who look for women that are not good. There are some men who go to church looking for girls they can sleep with. There was this man that was in a certain church for about three to four years. Got married to a woman. They got married before the woman knew the man was an occultist. In his wardrobe, there's a skeleton. Human skeleton in the wardrobe. Every midnight he wakes up chanting. He's chanting. And he said, if you don't know and you leave me, you are dead. If you don't know and you say it to anybody, you are dead. And this, of course, when they are talking, you look at the face, you know he's not joking. Let's read the last scripture. Proverbs 31. 31 verse 10. He said, who can find a virtuous woman? 
That's the wife he's talking about. For her price is far above rubies. That means you can't buy her with money. Real wives are the ones who don't choose according to the man's paycheck. Her price is far above money. Look at verse 11. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. That's the kind of women when the husband go out, he said, Charlie, ask for my wife. There's no one on earth like her. And there are, there are some. Thank God you are one. And every woman in this church will be like that. Verse 12. She will do him good and not evil. Does it suggest to you that some women do men evil? Look at verse 30. This is why I close. Beauty is deceitful. In other words, what makes a woman wife is not appearance. If you are busy working on your appearance, glittered your character, beauty attracts men. The men will be running after you. But what makes the men to stay with you is your character. Beauty attracts men. Character keeps men. Don't be impressed that your husband is hanging around you because you are beautiful. If you are only talking about the fact that you are beautiful, that is why your husband likes you, then you are in trouble. I am not saying that women should not look good. You should look good. But look good both on the outside. Now, look at this. It says, beauty is deceitful and favor is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Amen. So what turns you, a woman, into a wife is the fear of God. Somebody say the fear of God. Somebody say the fear of God. Now, the fear of God makes you build a godly character. Somebody say character. Now, the secret about good marriage is character. The man who has character is mature. The woman who has character will be a good wife. It doesn't take money to be a good wife. It doesn't take beauty to be a good wife. It doesn't take the kind of family you are coming from to be a good wife. It takes only one thing. What is it? Character. Turn to him and tell him character. And if the person has no character, one more thing. Let's finish Genesis 2, 24. Let's finish it. I just realized I didn't talk about one thing. For this purpose, what will happen? The man. I want to repeat it over and over and over until every man in this church becomes a real man. Stop worrying your wives at home. The man shall what? Be married to his wife and the two will become. That means that the result of following God's biblical principle, when the man finds his wife, number one, there's unity in the home. The two become one. That's what I want to say. There's unity in the home. Godly marriages, there's unity. There's no division. One person is not going this way, the other going the other direction. No, there's unity. There's understanding. There's oneness. The two have not turned against each other. They are united. The two shall become one. Verse 25. They were both naked. That means transparency. In a godly marriage, there are no secrets. Hello? Mm-hmm. They were both naked. He's talking about transparency. So, marry somebody you are not ashamed to tell your secrets. Marry somebody you are comfortable telling all your secrets. If you are from the village, tell him I'm from the village. If your father is a farmer, don't tell him your father is a pilot. <laughs> no, that's not necessary. Praise the Lord. They were both naked. That is transparency. In a godly home, there are no secrets. And they were not ashamed. That means there is trust. One of our marriages will come to that place where there is trust. If you are a good husband, your wife should be able to trust you. If you are a good wife, your husband should trust you. And so this is what you said, I believe you. Forget about the rumor. 
That is trust. If you are here and you don't have trust in your marriage, it means you have a lot of work to do. You're going to work at this thing. It's possible to have a good marriage. Oh, you don't believe what I'm saying. It's possible to have a good marriage. It doesn't matter where it has gotten to. This month, I make you a promise. I am praying personally for your marriage. Amen. Bless you too. I am praying for your marriage. Don't accept the lie of the devil. Don't let the devil tell you that marriage is, that's the lie of the devil. God is a miracle working God. I said God is a miracle working God. In the name of Jesus Christ, the word of God is real and true. So we accept it and we believe it and we work with it. No matter how deep the devil has taken you, God can restore you. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.